Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Come on, who's excited for the new year? Anybody excited? Well, that's kind of iffy, huh? It's like, I don't know. If it's anything like the last couple, I don't know. Uh, there's this expression that gets tossed around that we all use, and it's an expression to say that, that we spend way too much time or money doing a certain thing, and the expression goes like this. Um, I should own stock in that. You know what I'm talking about? Like, don't look at me like you don't know. I know that you know what I'm talking about because I see you standing in line at Starbucks, you know, waiting for your $4 mocha. And some of you should say, I, you know, I spend so much money and time there that I should own stock in, in Starbucks. You know, we, always, we throw that around. So what I want you to do right now is we're all going to play along. Turn to your neighbor and fill in the blank by saying, I should own stock in blank. Go ahead, let him know. Based on the amount of time and money... All right, all right. Somebody shout out a couple of things that, that somebody said they should own stock in. Marshall, somebody said Marshall. Amazon, yeah, that's probably a lot of you. Uh, let me give you a little window into the, the Atkins family world. All right, I'm gonna, here's a few things that we would say we own stock in. I'll start, ladies first, start with my wife. Um, she didn't know I was gonna say this, but she could say she owns stock in Target. Any other ladies? Where are my Target ladies at? All right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, but Target has this gravitational pull. There's just something about, about Target that she, she I, I've said this before, if Target was a man, morphed into a man, we would have marriage problems, I bet. Because she walks through Target with this look of happiness and joy in her lives that she did not have in our wedding photos. I'm, I'm kidding about that. But she can say she owns stock in, in, in Target. Uh, I could say, unquestionably, I own stock in Diet Mountain Dew. All right? That's just, I'm being honest. It's just one after the other. Bang, bang. Let's go. Let's go. Um, our family. And, and see how many of you could agree with this. We could say we own stock in Chick-fil-A. Anybody else? Come on. Christian chicken? Like, we spend way too much time. And, and here's a few different reasons why. In fact, I've been fascinated with Chick-fil-A for a long time. One of the reasons is because if you can get a 16-year-old boy to look you in the eye and respond by saying, my pleasure, I want to be a part of that organization. You know what I'm talking about? That's unbelievable that they can do that. And not to mention their, their customer service, their spirit, spirit kind of servanthood like is unbelievable. And another reason we love Chick-fil-A, which my wife could also say she owns stock in, is Diet Dr. Pepper. And they serve Diet Dr. Pepper. Uh, but we haven't even mentioned the chicken. It's amazing. It's like crack. It's like, it is, it's Christian chicken. It's saved and sanctified and redeemed chicken. Unlike KFC, which is pagan chicken, we all know, right? And we can taste the difference. Pagan chicken tastes a little more gamey. I, actually, I don't know if chicken can taste gamey. But here's a few things, and I'm not hating on KFC, by the way, all right? I love KFC, mashed potatoes and gravy. Mm, that's good stuff right there. But let me tell you about Chick-fil-A versus KFC, and I promise you I'm going someplace with this, so just hang in there. In 2014, which is where I'm pulling these numbers from, so they have, they're both uh, uh, different today. 
But in 2014, KFC had over 4,000 stores, all right? Chick-fil-A had 1,800, a little over 1,800 stores. And Chick-fil-A brought in $5.2 billion in revenue in 2014, and KFC brought in 4.1, with over two times as many locations. And again, not hating on KFC, but I want us to understand something that in 2014, Chick-fil-A ranked eighth overall in total revenues brought in by a fast food company. McDonald's was number one, but keep in mind, McDonald's had over 15,000 locations. KFC had 1,800, all right? Number two was Starbucks, and I think they've surpassed McDonald's now uh, in, in revenues and also in maybe locations. Um, number three was Subway, which had 27,000 stores, and Chick-fil-A had 1,800. Uh, Subway was followed by Burger King, and then Taco Bell, and then Wendy's, and then Dunkin' Donuts. Praise the Lord for some Dunkin' Donuts. That was number seven right in front of Chick-fil-A. However, here's, here's the statistic about Chick-fil-A that confounds people. Like Forbes Magazine or Wall Street, they are ranked number one when it comes to how much each individual store grosses per year by a landslide. Like nobody even comes close. On average, in 2014, it was $3.1 million per store. The second place organization wasn't even close. Like it demolished them. But here's why they're considered an anomaly by Forbes and by Wall Street is because there are 52 days a year they shut down that none of their competitors do. And they're ranked number one. Every Sunday since 1967, since Truett Cathy, their founder, opened its doors, they have closed on Sunday. They've shut down. And I can't imagine that, you know, his accountants must have been just going crazy. Like, do you understand how much money we are leaving on the table by closing our doors 52 times more than any of our competitors? Yet they rank number one in how much each individual store brings in by a landslide compared to all their competitors. Listen to this combined. It's crazy. And you know what Truett Cathy would look at his accountants and tell them because you can read it in his book. He would say this, the reason that we rank number one is because we close 52 times more than anybody else. And he said, the reason that we close 52 times a year is because of my faith in Jesus Christ. And I believe that we are to set this day as holy and set it apart, and so we are going to close. We're gonna keep God's day holy, even if it means making less money. Like, that's how he went into it with. Even if it meant back in 1967 when they first launched their first store, even if it meant it wouldn't last and it would go under, he said, we are going all in on this principle of first things first. In fact, I wanna speak to us as we kick off this new year from that title right there. First things first. Proverbs 3, uh, verse 6 in the Living Bible, this is one of my anthem verses for the year. It says this, in everything you do, say it out loud, put God first, and he will direct and crown your efforts with success. Put God first, and he will direct you and crown. Does anybody want to be directed by God this year? Come on, what an amazing place to be in to be directed by God. Not only that, to have success, 
to have our, our year crowned by, by success. God first is a principle that is shouted in God's word, not just spoken in God's word, but shouted in God's word over and over and over again. He is a God of order. But we need to understand, like True Kathy understood, that having God first in our life, in all categories of our life, does not happen by accident, but it happens on purpose. It will not happen on accident, only on purpose. Now, some of you might have some God in your life, but to have God truly first, where he is first in the, the, the throne of your heart and of your, your light, to have him first does not happen by osmosis. It does not happen by accident. It only happens on purpose. And so that's what we're doing. This is what I believe God has called us to do at the beginning of 2022 is to make our heart ready, to make ready our lives, to be a platform for God to, to direct our lives and to give us success. Does anybody want that this year? To have our hearts be in a position and in a posture for God to, to bless us. Look at Psalm 119. It says this, and this is my prayer for every single person that calls Elevate Church home. Blessed and favored. Anybody want to be blessed and favored? By God are those who keep his testimonies and consistently seek him and long for him with what? All their hearts. That's make ready talk right there. That's make ready language to seek him, those who seek him with all their heart. But can I tell you something? It is an impossibility to seek God with all of your heart accidentally. It only happens as we put him first, as we intentionally, on purpose, seek God first, then he'll direct our paths and he'll be, bring blessings and success into our lives. If you have your Bible, go to Matthew chapter six, and maybe this is the year, by the way, as you're turning there, that you use a paper Bible. Maybe this is the, the first year that you'd say, you know what, I'm gonna ditch the, 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 the technology, and I'm all for the technology, but there's something about writing it down and, and opening up God's word and having it there to, to refer to that takes you know, all the other uh, potential distractions that you could get on your phone. But maybe this is the year, let me just challenge you in that. While you're turning there, every December, I, I ask God a couple of questions. Um, what does he want from me and my family in 2022? And then, then I pray and I read God's word and then I listen. And if I'm being honest, I used to think uh, I had a little bit of a clue, like what God would want in the, the year ahead. But can I tell you something? After 2020, I got no clue, all right? I don't know what this year holds. You know, here's what I do know. I do know that in this year, there will be some triumph. I'm believing that. There will also be some tragedy, and I'll, I'll probably have to sit in a little bit of, of trials as well. But can I tell you something? We serve a God who's already been in 2022. And so we serve a God who's seen the end from the beginning. So I don't have to worry about it. But God, because you've already been there, will you just tell me what I need to do, what I need to focus on? Are you gonna tell me how to direct my path so I can have success. And so I pray and I read and I just, just listen. Cause I'm like, God, you must know what you want from my life. And then because I also have the privilege of leading this church, I also say, God, what is it that you wanna prophetically speak to our church in 2022? Because the last thing we need to do is hear from Colby. Like we're just, we're just trying to figure this thing out too. And most of the days, you know, like I said, I'm a hot mess. And so we're just kind of, you know, doing our best. So God, we need to hear from you. 
What is it that you want to speak? And, and I promise if you'll tell me, I'll pass it along. And so I pray and I read and I listen and I learn from, from you know, as many different resources as I can. And God directed me to Matthew, the book of Matthew, really the whole thing, but chapter six, specifically one verse. And I believe this is a prophetic word for our church. Now, when I say prophetic word, those of you that are new to church, um, I mean that I believe this is where God is, is leading our church in this year. Not that I heard God audibly speak to me. I've never had that before. That would be awesome uh, if he would do that. But I believe he's confirmed it in my heart that if you will arrange our lives, if you as a church will run hard after this, this, this direction for your life, then I'll bring blessing to you. He'll crown our year with success. And that's what I'm, I'm hoping. So I'm gonna read a bunch of scripture before it because I wanna wrap some context around what we're reading. This is Jesus, uh, starting in verse 25. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Some of you have heard that before. It's one of Jesus' most incredible messages. He's talking to a bunch of first century Jews. He says this, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. We can stop right there. Some of us, this, this has been our life. It's been just, we could describe our life as this one big worry after, after worry. It says, don't worry about your life. And some of you, that's the word that you need to get today. You could go home right now, just stop worrying. Don't worry about what you will eat or drink or your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Of course, the the response is, of course you are. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and is thrown uh, tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O little, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For pagans, like KFC people, they run after those things. But you're Chick-fil-A people, right? The pagans run after these things. And your heavenly father already knows that you need them. Now, before we get to our, our theme verse, Matthew six thirty three, I wanna stop and say something for a minute about what we just read, especially for those of you that are like me, because here's what I know. We have some type A people in the room that are very detailed, you're like my wife, you're on point, you know, you cross every T, you dot every I, you take notes and you're thorough. I'm not type A, I'm more type Z. Anybody else? I got a little Titusville in me, which is like, when I say that, I mean, it's like, it's cool, man, just whatever, bro. Just kind of laid back, just a little bit more, more chill, which is great sometimes. You know, it works brilliantly for me sometimes because I don't maybe stress or worry as much about certain things as some of you do, but just being transparent, it also gets me into a lot of trouble being a little chill. So if you're here and you're like me, you're type Z, don't misunderstand what Jesus is preaching here. I don't want us to miss this, especially in this month of resolutions. Jesus isn't saying, hey, just don't plan for tomorrow because tomorrow's gonna take care of itself. No, that's not what he said. He didn't say don't plan. He said don't worry about tomorrow. He didn't say don't plan. 
Don't worry. And I would like to argue, especially from some of my own mistakes in my life, some of my greatest worries came because of a lack of planning. So don't hear me. In this season, right, in January, say that Jesus is saying don't plan. He's not saying that. He's not saying don't set goals in this goal-setting season. Just wake up and just kind of see what happens. He's not saying don't have resolve. No, in fact, resolve is a fruit of the Spirit. Did you know that? Resolve, we've been given a spirit of of self-control by the Holy Spirit. So you and I have way more resolve than we give ourselves credit for. In fact, let me just remind you, if you're saved and you've been justified by faith through, through Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. And so you have the same spirit that allowed Jesus to come out of the grave, walk out of the tomb to conquer sin and death once and for all living inside of you. So you have more resolve than you think. So as you're making your resolutions and talking about all that God wants to do in your life this year with the goals and the dreams that you have, don't allow the enemy to lie to you. You have more resolve. In fact, Paul telling his son in the faith, Timothy, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. Resolve. Some versions say sound mind or self-control. You know what that means, follower of Jesus? you have more resolve or you should have more resolve than any other people on the planet. And so sometimes your dysfunction and the reason why we don't get the goals that we we aim to get happen not because we can't do anything about it, but it's because we won't do something about it. But we have more resolve in us than we think. So Jesus isn't anti-resolve is what I'm saying. Here's what he's doing. He wants us to take all the resolve that we have, that he's put inside of us and redirect it to the single most important thing. And we're about to read what it is. Very familiar passage. In fact, most of you who have been a part of church are familiar with this passage, but he's basically about to say to us, if you will just go all in with all your resolve, all your energy, all your time, all your sweat equity, all of your resources, you know, if you will push all your chips to the center of the table into what I'm about to tell you, then everything else you're worried about in life, I'll take care of. If you will just focus on on first things first, all that you spend your time and energy doing, right, I'll take care of all those things, but you have to trust me with what matters most And here's what matters most. This is the secret to 2022. You ready for it? Verse 33. But what? Seek first. The key word being first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things. What things? The things that we worry about. The things that keep us up at night. In his context, right, food and clothing and and how things are gonna, gonna happen, all these other things will be given to you as well. See, here's what God spoke to me, I believe. Here's the deal. We will not have a seek God problem in 2022. Can I tell you that? I think I think we're in the wrong room if I was to ask the question, do you think it's a good idea to seek God? Right? You're here seeking God. Like maybe you don't realize it, but you're here because you believe seeking God at least is a, a good idea. I don't think we have a seek God problem. I think the problem we're gonna have in 2022 is to seek God first, not seek God. Because the promise that Jesus gives us in this passage that everything else 
will be added unto you. Everything else will be given to you is not for people who seek God, it's for people who seek God first. That's the problem that we're gonna have because no matter what, you're gonna seek God. This year, you will seek God. Colby, is this the prophetic part? No, this is called just life. You're gonna find yourself in places where you're going through a trial where you are seeking God. You're gonna find yourself in circumstances where you, you desperately need God to step in on your behalf and, and do something. You're gonna get stuck in some tragedy and your natural and appropriate instinct in those moments is to petition God and to seek God. And that's good. And God wants you to do that, right? That's a good thing, but to seek God first in every compartment of your life must be done on purpose, must be done with intentionality because the promise of God that everything else will be given to you, that he will direct your paths and lead you to success is not gonna happen by seeking God, will happen if you seek God first. I thought it would be fun if we threw up everybody's resolutions up on the screen behind me. Put your picture up there and then your resolution. Would that be fun? Maybe next year. We'll do that. Here's what I believe. They would be noble pursuits. Most of them would be noble pursuits. Some of them might be a little crazy. Some of them would be like, hey, yeah, don't do that. That's dumb. Don't do that. Um, but most of them would be noble pursuits, things that maybe you even had on your list of resolutions from last year. It'd be things like getting healthier, you know, eating less Krispy Kreme, eating more cauliflower, right? That's one of them, and that's, that's a good thing. It might be, you know, losing weight or, you know, getting fit or gaining muscle mass, whatever it is, exercise more. And can I tell you something? That would be honoring to God. That's a good thing. The Bible says that our bodies are the, the temple of God. We cannot run the race God marked out for us from a place of being sick and unhealthy and live up to our full potential. So that's a good thing. Are you with me? That's a noble pursuit, but it is by Jesus's definition a secondary pursuit. It's a secondary pursuit compared to seeking God first. Maybe some of your resolutions are to read more. I'm gonna read more. I'm gonna, I'm gonna advance my, my knowledge or academic goals. And again, that honors God. We are, we are body, mind, and spirit. So developing our mind and growing, those are good things. Those are awesome things. Maybe your, your goals are to strengthen relationships. And that's amazing. Like, I, I pray that for you because this thing called life that you and I are involved in, this story called life, rises and falls on relationships. And so maybe some of your goals this year are to forgive people in your circle. Maybe it's to forgive trespasses. Maybe it's to, to reconnect or maybe it's to restore something that was broken, a broken relationship. And that's a noble thing. That's an awesome thing. Maybe some of your goals are a new fiscal uh, level of fiscal responsibility. Like you wanna have better money management. You wanna get out of debt. You know, the Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. So that's a, a good thing. That's a noble pursuit. It honors God. Some of yours might be to tackle some addiction in your life. That this is the year that you're gonna have a breakthrough, that you're gonna get rid of that habit, right? That, that you know God is opposed to. And can I tell you something? I'm believing that for you too. We're gonna stand with you. We're praying and believing God to do that and free you this year more than I'm believing that. However, as noble and as necessary as all those things are, they are secondary pursuits to what Jesus is telling us here. 
to seeking God first. And if your resolve to accomplish those things begins to drown out and and decrease your margin or ability or energy to seek God first, then can I tell you something? You have missed it completely. You've missed it because God is a God of first. God is a God of order, and we must keep first things first. Here's what one commentary on Matthew 6 says, and this is brilliant. I read this stuff, and I'm like, man, I wish I could come up with that, but I just, I'm a cookies on the bottom shelf kind of person. It says this, it is only when our hearts are on the chief thing that secondary things yield pleasure. Happiness is most likely to be obtained when it is not the direct object of pursuit. And can I tell you something? It's a really sad day when you wake up and you realize all that time and effort and energy that you spent pursuing what you thought were noble things, that sweat equity, all those, and they end up being secondary pursuits. You realize that, that they don't bring you the satisfaction or they don't bring you everything that you thought they would because it wasn't God first, because what ultimately gives those secondary pursuits lasting satisfaction in your life is that you went there with God in the first place, that God is the one that brought you to that place. So when those, those, those things that we pursue, health and money and relationships become first and take over our ability to pursue God first, to put him on the practical throne of our heart, then we have missed it. And I don't want that for any of us. Like, I want to watch God do exceedingly and abundantly more in all those areas in your life. And I want to watch you break free from strongholds. I want to watch you, you know, break free from from debt. And I want to see relationships restored and all that. I'm, I'm believing for those things, even for me in my life this year. But I'm first putting all my chips into the center of the table. And I'm going to seek an ever increasing degree of intimacy with the creator of heavens and the earth through his son, Jesus. I'm going all in with that first. Matthew 6, that's gonna be the principle. And I'm praying that for your life too. I'm asking that you would just go all in this year. And here's what we need to know about the enemy. He has very little power to steal your resolve. In this season of resolutions and, and writing out our, our resolutions, and this is what we're going to do, I told you earlier that you have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you if you're a follower of Jesus. So we have no excuse but to walking in the, the resolve that it takes to be a, a fully devoted follower of Jesus. You already have power. You already have self-control. You already have self-discipline. And because your enemy knows this, he will not try to steal your resolve. You know what he'll do? In fact, he's been doing it for millennia now because it's paid off for him so well. He won't try to steal your resolve. He will try to redirect your focus to noble things, to things that that sound like they're they're great pursuits. He'll say, I'll point them to, to noble things, especially believers, because that's where we can miss it. We go, well, I'm doing something noble for God. Like my body and, and exercise and pouring everything into that, right? My body's a temple and, and God's word says things about that or, or, or restoring relationships or, or breaking free or, or advancing my career and all that. God, you talk about that in your word and the enemy's listening to you going, yep, got him, got him. 
Because that's the, I want that to be the theme. I want that to be the focus of their, their life. Anyone, listen, anyone here, let's be honest, you want to get out of debt this year? That's, that's one of your goals, out of debt? Can I tell you something? The enemy wants you to get out of debt too. As long as he can keep that being the main thing that you pursue in your life. It's not always bad things. Guess what? The enemy wants you to lose 25 pounds and be 3% body fat and take really nice selfies. And you might find some happiness from that. You might find some worldly acclaim from those things, right? And he's happy with that if it keeps you distracted from the main thing, if you throw everything in there. In fact, don't miss this. It's not always an issue of right or wrong. It is, though, an issue of order. It's all about order. Our God is a God of order. He is a God of first. And so we have to be so careful when we think about how the enemy works and operates in our life because we hear things like, well, he prowls around like a lion waiting for you know, someone to devour. And yes, he does. But can I tell you something? The devouring doesn't always look like some major addiction, some, some, some nasty thing that he wants you to chase after or pursue. Sometimes it looks like getting free from debt. Sometimes it looks like getting healthy. Sometimes it looks like all these other things, if they can keep you distracted from the main thing, if he can redirect your efforts to secondary pursuits and keep you from seeking God. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, as God is exalted to the right place in our lives, a thousand problems are solved at once. I love that. And I'm believing that 2022 for Elevate Church, this is going to be our most significant and fruitful year yet as a church. Now, when I say church, I don't mean, I mean you. I mean the body. I mean people. I don't mean this room that we're in. I don't mean our programs. I don't mean our initiatives. And we got some cool things that we're going to do this coming year. But I'm talking about you. That I'm just believing as we put God God first in our lives that we're going to be able to walk with a greater degree of God's favor and blessing as we put him first. In fact, we're going to be able to walk in God's blessing to where our friends and family would say, man, I don't get it. I'm doing the same things that you are. You know, I make more money than you do. Like we grew up together. Why do things in your life just seem to be blessed? Why does God's favor seem to be in your your life? And you're gonna be able to look at them and say, well, I'm not more talented than you. I'm not more gifted. I'm not smarter than you are. But here's what I I have decided to do is push all my chips to the center of the table and and discover what it means to pursue God first more than anything else. I want that to be said of every single person here at Elevate Church. But again, it does not happen on accident. It only happens on purpose as we make our hearts ready for God. Now, here's what I know. Some of you that have been Christians for a while, you're like, Colby, really? Matthew 6, 33, that's the big prophetic word for the year. Seek God first. I've known seek God first, Colby, since I first became a Christian. Seek God first is a coffee mug verse. See, God first is a, you know, a t-shirt. It's a, it's a bumper sticker. I have that bumper sticker on my car. First of all, don't do that. Don't put dumb bumper stickers on your car. But... Colby, even non-Christians know what seek God, God first is. You know, is that all you have for me, preacher man? Is that as deep as, as you got? Can I give you deep for a second? Write this down. I don't even know where I got this, but I'm gonna just claim it as mine. It says, success is the uncommon application of common knowledge. 
Does anybody know who wrote that? Good, Colby. Just put Colby. (laughs) Success is the uncommon application of common knowledge. And a lot of times we're looking for deep, and this is what I believe God spoke to my heart. It's like, hey, we just need to get back to the basics. This year, Colby, since no one has a clue what 2022 is going to look like, if you would seek my face first, if you would pray, if you would get into my word, if you would carve out time just to make your heart ready and align it with my heart, position yourself to receive my blessings. Let me direct your paths as you put me first. Then I promise you it's going to be, no matter what, the best year of your life. It can be the best year of your life. And I know that's hard to believe. So here's what we're going to do, Elevate Church, at the beginning of this year. We're going to make ready our hearts. And we're gonna cover some basics. We're gonna go back to the the basics on some things and I'm gonna talk through how we put God first in different areas of our life. And I wanna do this together as a church because how many of you know, things just happen better when we do them together, when we go all in together. In fact, it was Moses, I think, who said, you know, one person can put 1,000 to flight, but two people can put 10,000 to flight. There's this exponential increase There's this multiplying factor when you and I decide together we're gonna go all in on this. And so here's what that's gonna look like over the next few weeks. I'm gonna teach on some practical things like like putting God first in our time. Like how many of you know, it's we can tell what's first in our life if we just open up our calendar, see where we spend our energy. And Psalm 90, 12 says this, teach us, O Lord, to number our days. We gotta make our days our days count. How we spend our time is critical to making our lives ready for God's blessing. I'm gonna talk about how we, how we make ready our treasure. We have this precious gift, this precious commodity called money God has given us and blessed us with. So how do we use it in a way that positions us for God's blessings? How do we, like, like Truett Cathy, trust God that if we put him first, no matter what, that he's able to do more with a little, with his blessing on it, that we can do more than all of our competitors combined being closed 52 days a year, that we can do more when we decide, you know, God, you're first in our life, no matter what the world says that we should do with our money and our finances. God, but you're going to be first. And as we obey and follow his plan for our life, watch him bless us. We're gonna put God first in our talents He's given you a gift. He's created you on purpose, with a purpose. And so we gotta figure out, God, how do we discover our design and use this life that you've given us to make a difference in the world? In fact, that's what week one of Crash Course is all about today. I wanna personally invite you to come back after our 11.30 service at one o'clock for Crash Course. If you've never gone through it, today is your day. This is you pushing your chips to the center of the table. Say, all right, God, what do you have for me this year? I'm going all in. And I'd love to meet you there. And I teach you through, like, what does it mean to to connect to this house? And what does it mean to to serve and be a part of it? And it's a three-week kind of class. It starts today. We feed you. We watch your children. Like, we have all that covered. So there's no excuse. I'd love to see you there at 1 o'clock today. I'm also going to talk about our thinking. 
How many of you know we gotta change our thinking if we're gonna make ready our minds? We gotta change the way we speak. There's power of life and death in our tongue. We're gonna talk about our words and the power that those hold. And it all centers around this idea that if we will put God first, he'll direct us and give us success. If we will seek God first, he'll add all these things to our life. And we'll look back at the end of 2022 and we'll go through some tough times. We'll go through some trials. Hey, Colby, I wish you could be more positive. I'm positive you're gonna go through some trials. But we're also gonna look back at it and realize that we are closer to God than we ever have been. Because all these things added to us are not for those who seek God, it's for those who seek God first. And we've just decided as a church and we're gonna seek God first. Another practical way we're gonna do it is through 21 days of prayer and fasting. That starts today, today. And and fasting, by the way, is just, is, is giving up something It can be food, it can be technology, it can be news, it can be, some of you need to give up the news in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Just to put your time and attention more on God and what he wants from you. Fasting allows us to reset our soul. It allows us to, to reset our hearts to put them in a right position with God. And so we're gonna come together at, 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 it's online, 7 a.m. There's more information, just click that QR code. And then as a part of these 21 days, we're gonna physically come together on Wednesdays here and worship God and pray together. And I would love for you to make this a priority. For your family, we're gonna have childcare. That's how important it is to us that you would come and say, God, you're going to be first. My family will be here. And can I tell you something? We, we have sports and we have, you know, um, practice and all that kind of stuff. And we love sports and we love those things, but we love Jesus more. Love sports, love Jesus more. So we're gonna be here making sure God is first. There's gonna be an opportunity to sing and pray. We're gonna have communion every single Wednesday and and you can take that. There's gonna be different areas. You can just pray with your family. So let me encourage you to be here on Wednesdays as well. And then I'll end with this thought. Psalm 27, seven says something I wanna pass on to you as the invitation for this weekend. Let's just call this the, the call for 2022. David was writing a song and this is what he said. God, hear my voice when I call, Lord, be merciful to me. We all need mercy. He says, and answer me. And then he has this kind of cool dialogue with God. And this is this inner dialogue, I, I think. And this is the dialogue that I'd love all of us to have even before we leave today. My heart says of you, in other words, God, something is compelling me on the inside. Like there's something in my life. I, I don't exactly know how to put words to it, but my heart says of you, seek your face. And so I'm praying this will be all of our responses. Lord, your face, I will seek. My heart says of you, God, I'm going to seek your face. So your face, I will seek. And if we do that, I promise you with Holy Spirit resolve as we seek God first, put him first in our life. That's the guarantee of success. That's the guarantee of favor. Not that everything will be easy. Jesus said, you will go through trials. In this world, you will have trouble, but if we wanna have success and blessing and favor, if we seek his 
face. And you know what I love about this? In the Bible, there's generally two different ways that we seek God. One is we seek his face, which another version says seek his heart. So we can seek God's heart and we can seek God's hands. When we seek God's heart, what it's referring to is the character of God, the nature of God. We're seeking his, the, his ways, why he is you know, the way that he is, why he does what he does, seeking his, his nature, seeking his, his character. When we seek his hands, we're seeking provision. And that's okay too. God wants you to do that. But can I tell you something? Again, God is the God of order. In fact, Jesus, when he taught us to pray, he said, pray like this. First say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Seek God's face, seek God's character, understand who he is rightly, put him in his, his right position in your life, and then say, give us our daily bread. So here's what God is telling us. In fact, will you stand to your feet right now, Elevate Church? God's telling us in this moment that if we will trust him by seeking first his face, then he will move on our behalf through his hands. Are you with me? If we will seek his face, for 2022, then he will move his hands in our life and provide us with all that we need and give us success and give us blessing. You receive God's word today? Come on, Elevate Church. Let's clap our hands for God's word. God, we pray right now in this moment, God, that we could get our hearts and just lean in. And before we even even walk out of these doors, God, this is an opportunity for us to have that dialogue with you. God, we feel compelled in our lives to seek you, to seek you in our heart. As David said, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. God, we know that your word says that out of our heart comes the, the wellspring of life, that everything starts there. So God, we seek your heart with all that we have. And while we're praying right now, let me ask you a couple of questions. One is, how is your heart? Right now, how's your heart? Because I don't think what we need in 2022 are new habits. What I think we need is a new heart. We need a fresh start. We need a, a new platform, a new posture in our own lives for God to move and work. So how's your heart? Maybe today you need to get your heart right with God. You've never allowed Jesus to come inside of your life and renew your heart and have the Holy Spirit come into your life and giving you the power and the fruits of the Spirit that God said that we can have. And maybe that's where you need to start this year. You need to get right with God. And the Bible says we do that through prayer. I wanna lead you in a prayer that does that. You can pray this wherever you are, in this room or online. Make this the opportunity right now to cross the line of faith and then once and for all say, I'm gonna put you first God in my life. And many of you know you haven't done that. And today is your day to do that. You can, I'm gonna give you some language. You can pray something like this. Jesus, today, I give you my heart. I put you first. I take you at your word, God, that as I seek you first, everything else will be added. And so forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for not following after you first. And so I trust that Jesus, you died on the cross for me and for my sin once and for all, past, present, and future. And so today, I lay down my life because you laid down yours for me. 
And so will you forgive me? Will you make me new from the inside out? In Jesus' name, amen. And God, I also pray right now that as a church together, we would run hard this year after the things of God, knowing the first thing we need to do is get our heart in the right place. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. And we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it. So please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.